have you here. We're a little fuller today now that Truth Seekers is, is finished for the uh, school year. And welcome back, Truth Seekers. Glad to have you filling up our part. We've been, we've been studying through Acts and looking at the theme of what leads us into prayer, what reminds us about prayer. So today we'll be looking at Acts chapter 9. And so you can turn in your Bibles, Acts chapter 9. Earlier in chapter 9, we saw how God worked in a great way and took a man whose name was Saul, and he was going to a city to to uh, arrest as many believers as he could, to put them in prison, uh, because he thought that they were going against God. And suddenly God changed his whole heart and did something that he did not expect, something that he didn't volunteer for, something he didn't make a decision to do, but something that God did all on his own. And that is he brought, he saved this man named Saul, who later's name was changed to Paul. God did that work. And so he's done that work in every believer since then. So once Saul was saved, there was a man sent to him to help him uh, make the adjustments and grow in the Lord. That man's name was Ananias. And so God used another individual to come alongside uh, Saul and to help him grow in the Lord. We noted that God does that with us today, that his Holy Spirit works in our heart to bring us uh, to, to salvation. He brings new life within us. It, it happens as a miracle just like it did with, with Saul. Um, but God uses human beings to come alongside and to help and to teach and to direct us as well. And so that, that's true for us. One of the things that happened with Saul is that uh, the believers were afraid of him. They didn't think that, that, that he was genuine. They didn't think that he was a real believer. They, they wondered if he was just doing this to, to get in the group so that he could arrest and do more havoc to, to, to those in the church. And so they were a little uh, hesitant to accept him. But then there was another person, and we saw that that was Barnabas, who God used to, to help Saul and introduce Saul to the apostles and to uh, give him a role um, in, in the church. So now we come to the part that we're going to look at today. Verse 29, 30, and 31. So Acts chapter 9, verse 29, 30, and 31. I'll read that. Would you listen as I read? And he spoke, he referring to, to Saul, he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. Walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Notice verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Notice now the church and its influence. It now has influenced Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And so the outline that was given um, through Jesus of, of what he wanted to accomplish is now starting to, 
to come into effect. Jesus said that his believers were going to be witnesses of him in Jerusalem, Judea, out, utter, uh, uh, outside or uh, surrounding areas of Judea, and to Samaria and to the uttermost part of the world. And so that's what's happening right here. God is using um, believers, those who have been changed uh, by the power of God like Saul was, and he's having an impact. We saw in chapter 8, Samaria impacted. Now we see chapter 9 where it's broadening. It's included Samaria now and to uh, outreaching areas. Notice also in verse 31, it says the church. It's a singular, the church, as if it's one unit, even though it exists in several different places. The church refers to God's group of people, God's group of people, those who he has saved. Notice how that group operates. The church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. So God's group of people were spreading out in that area, and yet they were still called church, the church, singular. In other words, there were many different people. They were in many different towns and many different areas, but they were one unit, one church. And so it is today. People often are confused why we have so many churches. There is one church. It's God's group of people, those who he has called out to himself. The Greek word for church here is ekklesia. It literally means called out. Called out by who? God calls us out of sin. He calls us out of the world. He calls us to himself. He saves us, and we become his own. Exactly what happened with Saul happens to each individual that's saved today, and it becomes a part of the church. They are the called out ones. Today it's the same. It's not just a building on a corner with a name on it. Church means God's group of people that he has saved through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I understand there are some distinctions made, and some of those distinctions help us understand more clearly the Word of God. And so those distinctions are important. Uh, so we would learn uh, what the Word of God says and walk in his ways. But what's true is that God's group of people is known by God, and it is singular. It is his group of people. They operate in various uh, different locations, and they are growing, and they operate all over. Notice also in verse 31, so the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace. Why did they have peace? Well, mainly because the one who was persecuting them had been changed. His whole life had been changed. This one Saul, who was going out arresting believers, he was now part of God's group of people. And so you can expect that there will be a fair amount of peace. Now, this isn't always true. That's what we want to note here. We don't always operate in the atmosphere of peace. In fact, we saw throughout Acts is that God allowed persecution in the church so that the message would go out. And it was spread throughout all different types of areas. You realize that God does that in your life sometimes too? 
He allows challenges to come in your life so that his, he might be magnified, he might be glorified. If I didn't have a challenge, if you didn't have a challenge, I would think that I could handle my life as I am. But sometimes he multiplies the challenges so that I might look to him, trust him, and sometimes he knows I trust him, but he wants it more obvious to other people that this, my child is trusting me. He's not doing this on his own in his own power. And so he does that for his witness to others as well. So sometimes God uses trials. Sometimes God uses an atmosphere of peace and tranquility. At this point in, in Acts 9.31, they had peace and tranquility. But whatever it is, we need to honor the Lord. We need to go about serving him. We need to be faithful to him. So it says the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was being built up. Again, God can build up the church in a number of different climate, uh, climates and atmospheres. He can build it in an area of peace, in an in, in atmosphere of peace, or in during persecution. But whatever they were in, God was doing the building. He was building up believers for himself. Notice this also, what this building up looks like. Walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. It meaning believers, the church, that group of God's people. How did they operate? It says they were walking in the fear of the Lord. What does the fear of the Lord mean? Uh, earlier in Acts, I think it's Acts 2, verse 43, if we can turn there real quickly, we see another word that's, that's translated um, that gives us a sense of what fear is, but same word. Acts 2, 43 says, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. A sense of awe. A reverent respect a worshipful attitude towards God, a sense of awe. Fear has to do with this. It's, it, it, it can have to do with a real uh, understanding of God's power, his discipline, uh, and, and that, that can be a real fear. But it's also a respect and an awe about God. When, when we think about God, when we talk about God, we think of him as who he is because he is special, he is unlike anyone else, and we marvel at him. We worship him. That's what that sense of awe is. And we, we have that because we have learned who he is, and we have come to, 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 to grow him in our relationship. And so um, that's, that's what it means. It says they, they were operating in this as they grew, walking in the fear of the Lord, living in this awe, this reverence and respect. How do you, how do you maintain that? Well, one of the ways you do that is reading God's word and communing with God's people. If you uh, isolate yourself and, and, and aren't reminded of God's truth and aren't interacting with God's people, it's easy to forget what God is doing and, and not recognize that and to heighten that sense of awe and amazement that we have for God. When you talk to somebody who doesn't know God, they don't have a sense of awe about God. They don't, they don't have that same reverence for God. In fact, they, they tend to 
look down at God. They tend to, to, to blame him. If the weather's bad, they're, they're blaming God. If there's a storm or a tornado or a hurricane, they're blaming God for that. A death in their family, uh, any, anything that bad happens, they, 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 they look. Sometimes they don't understand, uh, but it's, it's with a negative attitude towards God. We believers don't see God that way. We see um, as he is, and we have that reverence and respect for him. We walk in that. Also says here, um, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is called our helper, our teacher, our comforter. Um, he, he says they were walking and living in this comfort that the Holy Spirit provided. Just on Sunday, we were talking about the assurance that the Holy Spirit gives to those who, who are his. And we looked at Romans 8, um, um, Romans 8, 16. The Holy Spirit assures our hearts that we are the children of God. He's, he does that within. It's a comfort to us, and it's encouragement to us. And it's something that keeps us steady in our, in our daily walk uh, with the Lord. So God is, 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 I mean, his Holy Spirit is just instrumental and, and to be faithful to him, his ministering to us. So they were walking in this, in the fear of the Lord, in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And we also noticed what was happening. They were growing. They were multiplying. This is God's purpose. Um, and it's still his purpose today that we grow the gospel go out in our lives, that it impact others, and that we multiply. Again, remember the climate. We can multiply whether we're in peace and tranquility or whether we are in turmoil and under persecution. We can grow. It's the Holy Spirit that, that, that causes us to, to, to be a witness and to take that word out, and it causes us to grow. So, we, we look back at this, reading verse 31 again. So the church, singular, throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, group of God's people operating in all these different locations, but as one, had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Or kingdom, he's saying. And you, son of man, will you judge? Will you judge the bloody city? Then declare to her all her abominations. There's a Lord God, a city that sheds blood in her midst, so that her time may come, and that makes idols to defile herself. You have become guilty by the blood that you have shed, and defiled by the idols that you have made, and you have brought your days near. The appointed time of your years have come. Therefore, I have made you a reproach to the nation. And a mockery to all the those who are near and those who are far from you will mock you, and your name is defiled. You are full of tumult. Behold, the princes of Israel in you, every one according to his power, have been bent on shedding blood. Father and mother are treated with contempt in you. The sojourner suffers extortion in your midst. The fatherless and the widow are wronged in you. You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. There are men in you who slander to shed blood and people in you who eat on the mountains. They commit lewdness in your midst, and you men uncover their father's nakedness, and you they violate women who are unclean in their menstrual impurity. One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife, 
another newly defiles his daughter-in-law. Another you violates his sister, his father's daughter. And you, they take bribes and shed blood. You take interest and profit and make gain of all your neighbors by extortion. But me, you have forgotten, declares the Lord God. Behold, I strike my hand at the dishonest gain that you have made and at the blood that has been in your midst. Can your courage endure or can your hands be strong in the days that I shall deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you through the countries and I will consume your uncleanliness out of you and you shall be profaned by your own doing and in the sight of the nations and you shall know that I am the Lord. The things that we see here that are condemned are things that we see going on in our own time. City that sheds blood in its midst, um, people who shed blood by slander. Um, by that, I see a lot of the ways that people talk about the police and rile up people so that they will get into violent confrontations, violence with their words. And this is something that believers are not supposed to be part of. It says, father and mother are treating it with contempt in you. I can't count how many times I've seen older and they despise their parents. They blame their parents for every wrong that they have. Every misfortune that they have is the fault of their family. They look at, they can't help but think of everybody in the terms of sexual terms. It don't matter if they sister us and they joke about that. I seen somebody post up, it was supposed to be a funny meme about, oh yeah, you can't come around us no more because the bloody city. I think one of the things that the world is most scared of, and this is why they hate it, but they are scared of it, when you feel that resistance to you making that firm distinction. If you say homosexuality is wrong, you can feel community guilt. And what it basically means is this, that each part of us is contributing to the moral fiber of the society that we live in. And when we let wickedness thrive around us, we're responsible for that wickedness thriving. So that's why the prophets will say, me and my fathers have sinned. And they would confess the sins of the people because if they didn't stand against that sin properly. Welcome back, Cliff. I greet myself. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about uh, the book of Psalms. And there's three things that we can always see in Psalms. We can always see our thankfulness toward God, our trust toward God, and our praise toward God. So what I'd like to do tonight is just have us in a sentence. God know what we're thankful for, how we how we're thankful for him, how much we trust him, and how much we praise him. Just a sentence prayer throughout the room, and let those prayers just pop up as uh, God speaks to us about how much we thank him, how much we trust him. He was always thanking God. He was always trusting God, and he was always praising God. So I'll start us off. Lord, I trust you that I will finish the course that you started me on. I thank you, Lord, for calling me and saving me, Lord. 
and I praise you for being God in my life. Just sentence prayers throughout the room. Does anybody thank God? praise you for uh, Bob Kenner and for Martine Lord and trusting you in your uh, in regards to them and their lives Lord praise you for just being God of creation I praise you for the wonderfulness of salvation Lord I praise you and trust you and thank you Lord for setting us on that path Lord calling us to yourself and uh, equipping us, Lord, to love you and trust you and praise you and thank you, Lord. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. <clears throat> How about we do prayer requests? Good, safe trip and a good vacation away. It's good to be back. We have praise for that. Spread the word. All right, if we have no more requests, we will break off in the prayer groups. <laughs> 